Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Welcome to another episode of Stories from the Garage. And on this episode, we've got with us Jake Dibavitas. Jake, thank you for joining us on the podcast. No problem. Mate, when we talk, uh, our previous episodes to this have been people with hotted up Holdens and, um, and they're great. But I think your story, I really, I had you in the back of my mind for some time now and I wanted to reach out to you and get, um, something a little bit different, a little bit left of field. And it's not to say that your collection is left of field, but it is kind of for the people we've spoken to on our previous episodes and even following on in the Talk and Power podcast, we talk drag racing and a whole lot of motorsports. But we never get involved in really um, minis and tractors. And I know they're both passions of yours. So tell us a little bit... Well, Firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and and I know I know you from a machinery background, and um, you currently work for a case dealership, and um, you you would I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you would live and breathe case all day every yeah, day, and Sylvan as well. So tell us a yeah, little bit yeah. about yourself before before we get too in depth with with your collection there. Yep, so I'm a Young teenager, as you can see, uh, the age of 24. The hobby of uh, tractors or anything vintage related started in my younger ages or younger days sort of thing. Um, most likely started maybe around the ages of being uh, odd sort of thing, getting into machinery and seeing them operate and things like that, coming in part of a organizations and clubs that are around within Western Australia to be involved in. Yeah. Um, and then the hobby just grew there. So anything old or vintage in a way grabs me, grabs my attention and away we go sort of thing. Mm. Uh, agriculture or anything, as I say, in my collection, everything's old in the collection anyhow, but um, mm-hmm. it's just something that, grows and grows and grows and the interest and the passion for it the knowledge that you accumulate from it it just keeps building and it's just i think it gives people and other people down their collection seeing a a younger person for their passion for vehicles and my hobbies as as that could be yeah look i mean i i've known you for a long time but i i i just wanted to let our listeners know as well like you not only you're into your cars and your tractors and agricultural equipment but also you're a member of the uh western australian bus preservation society as well and i know like even as a kid i had a because i used to catch a bus to school so you know i had a bit of an interest in buses i mean you you've got a bus license you drive you 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 regularly drive some of those old buses so tell us a little bit about that uh so it's mostly um mostly part of the uh most it's so the society is just a all part of preserving um WA transport history is there what our saying is in in the society there as mm. I'm the events coordinator for for the society um we we make events that we can take 
some vintage buses back in time and give people a run, like bring back their childhood memories of riding on a bus and people yeah. saying, I used to sit in this seat and that's the seat I sat in. And I remember the prams on the back and conductor and a driver and issuing a ticket and so forth. And it just tries to give us that feel of what it was back then, bringing it to mm. like the modern day, comparing it to a modern day vehicle. So yeah. it just gives you a feel of, oh yeah. Then also as a member, it also gives you a feel of, oh yes, you've got a license that vehicle mm. um, plus it also allows you to experience that and actually take that um, feeling to the next level by carrying passengers and things like that as well yeah. um, like carrying passengers issuing tickets giving a passenger a feel of what it used to be mm. um, back in the day of these buses when they were built in 1950s and 1970s and mm. that yeah. just expressing carrying it over yeah. yeah no i really enjoy it and i when i when i caught up with you at the shannon's uh car show the, the last car show that we yeah. for for some period of time now but um you had a number of buses there in the leyland and the hinos and the mercedes and i mean we've morphed into volvos now and whatnot but it, it's really it was really for me as well like explaining to my young son he doesn't catch a bus to school he gets driven to school but yes. explaining to him well the door never used to be here on some of these buses the door was down the back and you had you had an example of that as well yeah and we used to put the prams on the back as well so look i thought that was really awesome so that's that's great you do that look jake let's get stuck into it that right there we can see your your mini now let, let me get this right now that one there is a leyland it's not a morris that was by the by the time that leyland. one came out that was a leyland yes yeah. so a leyland cooper no sorry leyland clubman s so just explain that's a 75 model you got there just explain yeah. That's a true survivor car, that one, isn't it? You were yes. telling me about it. and So tell us a little bit about it. So the car is a, is a 1975 Leyland Clubman S. S stands for sedan mm -hmm. in this particular model. Um, this has got the 1.1 litre 1098cc engine. Yep. I'm um, just showing some photos of the car as we speak, actually. Yep. So it's here to, so it's, I'm the second owner of the car. Um, I, I inquired it from a bloke back in 2013 when we, yep. when we got it from a person in Sorrento. Mm -hmm. Originally, his auntie's car. Yep. Um, his aunt's car actually had it. So then she um, used it as a shopping car and a, um, like a shopping car, church yep. car, just a weekend drive sort of thing. And then maybe just a little errands drive, run around while she's doing it during the week. Yeah. Um, then we, as I say, then as I say, we uh, heard from the owner of the car. He wanted to. He put it up for sale, and it was on Gumtree originally. And we found it on there. We thought, oh, I'm looking at a first car when I got my license, and I needed something that gained my interest. And this 1970, I always had a, I had a thing of a, of a mini in in my mind. As to say, when when we got it so we thought oh yeah look at this and it was at the right what is, I think it was about 6450 I think it was for the price back in the day back in 2013 when we got it there and yeah you didn't have a deposit on the day it was a simple old-fashioned handshake deal yeah. took his hand that's how he how he did the business and you give me the 500 when you do the deposit and then 
pay the excess when you get it, sort of thing. Yeah. So that's how awesome. we did it for him there. Um, I haven't touched anything to the car. Um, 100% original, as he's told, told me from how it is. Mm-hmm. It's still got original paint run on the side of the car when they painted the cars. It all had paint run sort of thing. This is yep. a little dribble just by the uh, left-hand pillar sort of thing. So, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, that car was sold by Ray, is it Ray Council Motors, Mosman Park? Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So it's an original WA car. Mm. Landed here in WA and and uh, you've kept it, managed to keep it in Perth. So that's that is awesome. That's got a twelve seventy five. Carries the um, no ten ninety eight. Ten ninety eight. Sorry, a one point one. One point one. It works out to be fifty brake horsepower. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's got we'll, a single S two carburetor as well. We'll, the 1275 had twin, twin Okay. All right. We'll just pause here for a second. Just get some, uh, just watch you get starting there up and, uh, and um, just hearing, hearing this beast purr. So Jake, yeah, that's now just tell us a little bit. The Clubman had that's what defines a Clubman. What we're looking at right now is the front end, isn't it? So this, it's got the square yeah, front end. And and a and a long it's longer, isn't it, from from memory? It's slightly longer, yeah. Yeah, slightly okay. Longer. Yep. Now tell us that ran in Australia till seventy nine or nineteen eighty around there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And okay. as I say, then then they would have raised out there. We've also got the original brochure and all that as well that came with the car. So we've got a lot of memorabilia, bookwork, things like that came with the car as well. So we've got mm-hmm. original brochure on the car as well that shows you the colours that they used to be, gives you the specifications of the Clubman and the Clubman GT as well. So Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful car, I must say. I really, <clears throat> I really like it myself. I think it's a... It really is the iconic car, isn't it? From one of the most iconic cars in in the history of of the world. I mean, you can show anyone a picture of a Mini and they'll identify it as a Mini. You you show a picture of a Falcon to a a late model Australian Falcon to an American, they wouldn't have a clue what it is. But you you can present a picture of a Mini to anyone and they know exactly what it is. It is really one of the most iconic cars in in motoring really and i I think it's a magnificent car and a true survivor car Mm. and people looking at the video now will see if you listen to this as a podcast i urge you to watch it as a youtube video as well because this one's got a lot of video content and and pictures so jake's been really helpful in, in giving us a whole lot of photos speaking of iconic um vehicles jake that tractor behind you arguably is probably the most iconic tractor. Someone once said no other tractor has contributed to feeding the world like this tractor. And I would, I would say that's potentially correct. I mean, I've got some numbers here cause I've done a bit of research myself. Yeah. So the, the, the 35, that's a mat. That's it. Now that I probably should let you explain a little bit, but that's a Ferguson 35 behind you, isn't it? Now that's actually rarer than the Massey Ferguson 35. So that's a 35. 
there was over the eight year production, there was just under 400,000 of those things built. Then, I mean, arguably, uh, Banner Lane took it over and they produced 3.3 million of those Mm -hmm. things. But that's a, that's a genuine, yours is from 57, 57. 57. So tell us a little bit about your, the one behind me. So the, the, Ferguson 35 in behind is actually got red guards with a grey chassis. Uh, in the there's photos that we've got there as well that shows the gold flakes coming through under the grey. The previous owner painted red and grey as they thought it was a red massive Ferguson, um, and and badged it as a red massive Ferguson. Then um, we came into the stage of saying, okay, let's. We didn't, when we bought the tractor, it didn't actually have the color on it. We just thought, oh, it's just a red Massey Ferguson. Until we went on the serial number and the compliance plate and things like that that we found. And then eventually we matched it to say, okay, it, we did the research and it says, oh, it was on a 57. Did a bit more history to it. And then we found out, oh, they made them the gray and gold model is what this one would be. So the red panels could be gray and mm-hmm. then the chassis be the copper gold that's come through through the flakes there um yeah the copper gold then they made the gray the gray and gold ferguson 35 was only made from 50 august 56 to august 57 before they became massive ferguson in in 58 and carried mm-hmm. on with the red and gray carried on with still carried the vanguard four-cylinder vanguard motor until they came into the Massey Ferguson when they came into Perkins and things like that further up from there. So Jake, tell us that that's what they refer. So yours is what they referred to as a gold belly. Is that correct? Yeah. Gold belly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is, that is quite a rare unit. So how many gold, we'll call it gold belly would be, would be here in Australia. Do you think? I know of another one that's held at the Tractor Museum in WA out in Whiteman Park. A member there has got one mm-hmm. um, that's in the petrol and also been painted in the grey and gold colour scheme. And he's yep. worked in the Swan Valley as as an orchard machine. Mm-hmm. That's how they had a downwards exhaust that went underneath the machine in the tractor there. And then he's also put a uh, Ferguson tipper hitch on the back. So then yeah, okay. you can put a three-ton tipper on. This is just standard three-point linkage on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, your 540 ground speed PDO. So also another thing to mention that I've got on the serial number on the plate there, it's SGM and the letters are standing for certain parts of the tractor, certain features that the tractor's got. Then it's 662. One eight, I think, is on what my one is. Mm-hmm. Um, SGM. So S is standard width yep. of the tractor. G. Uh, st- S. G is um, drill clutch. Yep. What it means. So you got your gains. You gain the secondary PDO ground speed. Yep. You had ground speed on engine PDO. Um, then. M stands for deluxe seat. So mine's got a cushion seat, not a springed, curved springs like mm-hmm. power seat sort of thing as what the old when they came out originally would have had a, just a bowman seat on yeah. the curved yeah. spring with a mesh seat on it. Mm-hmm. This has actually got a deluxe seat with a cushion. So yep. tip up seat and then you've got 
so, so tell us, Jake, where did you where did you originally get that one from? Then how how long and how long have you had it for? I've had it for eight years. Yep. I acquired it as a private seller. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally up for sale at Wanderer Agricultural Machinery as a private sale. Yep. Um, we went past one weekend and we saw we went to look at tractors as a when I was a younger kid sort of thing eight years ago and we we looked at like oh I'll go have a look at sit on the case tractors that they had there and then I thought oh then they got this old tractor in the corner there and then the owner of the business came in his ute there and he goes oh looking at the tractor and then he goes I'll start it up for for you and he started the tractor up and since he did that that was it he got me hooked straight away. Mum and dad hassled them for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> got to buy this tractor. Got to get it. Got to get it. So we paid three thousand for this tractor. Well, we we should we should elaborate there a little bit, shouldn't we? It'd be remiss of us not to elaborate a little bit further there. Not only did you get hooked on the tractor, but you also you you've you've now been working for for that gentleman for some yeah. time now. You work for Wanneroo Agricultural Machinery, and the gentleman we're referring to is is none other than Laurie Duffy. Now, those people that are listening to us who are in the Swan Valley and out through Wanneroo and that that and Yangship and and uh, uh, Karabuda and those areas, they would know the Duffy family quite well. They've been around. Laurie himself was actually a Leyland dealer before he became a case dealer. Was a, was actually a Leyland dealer as well. So, um, yeah, I can you know it's it's amazing how things evolve, don't they? And he's kind of I think. A lot of his passion, you you've sort of taken that over now, haven't you? That over, yeah. As well as I say, what Laurie used to say, he's, he sold the tractors, trucks, mini mokes, but he didn't do the mini. Yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did. The, he did the moke. He did the mokes there, but he didn't do the mini. So mm. he did everything that side of it. But yeah, you hear histories of what it was called, Wanneroo Leyland back in the day. Mm. Yeah, so, as being a Leyland dealer of the north side. So, mm. Yeah. Yep, and uh, loyal employee in yourself. So, Jake, moving on, that's not the only one you've got in your in your collection of tractors. There's another one that you still got to go to got to kind of relocate. We'll put put it that way. But that's actually even more intriguing. That tractor. It's a, a W. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a W4 Deering McCormick. Is that correct? McCormick Deering W4 oh, is how how you can word it on the bottom. There, right? Well, I got it completely wrong then. <laughs> no, no, you've got it there. You've got it in the right direction right direction but you've got it spelt backwards there you go <laughs> now the volume of these tractors were arguably a lot less than the the 35 aren't they because their numbers yeah. were they they even though they produced them over a, a 13 year span from 1940 to 1953 the numbers Three, yeah. Were, yeah weren't weren't as high were they as as a 35 so they're obviously a little bit no. rarer aren't they in a way they are yeah it was also as well the horsepower what, 35 is 30 or so 30 horsepower with the w4 it's only a little 23 horsepower engine mm. but it's maybe a few, few more 100 kilos more it weighs two tons instead of like 1500 or 1800 kilos on what 35 weighs so it's got a bit more of a bulkiness to it in a way like this particular w4 has actually got cast everything's cast just about on it it's got a cast subframe that holds the engine Cast front center weight on a wheel weights. It's got cast wheels on cast wheel weights on the rear. But 
yeah um, additional bolt-on wheel weights as well on the rear as well so it's a very heavy heavy tractor sort of thing yeah it, it's a very can, small horsepower that it is yeah so, it is i can i can we're just having a look at images of it right now and you can see it's it's it is a significantly heavier tractor than than the 35 not to say that the 35 is not a good tractor but yeah it is just the w4 is significantly heavier isn't it mm-hmm. but also as well that yeah the w4 is a 1948 model mm-hmm. this one is and it's also part of the serial number explains that that it is a low compression engine that yep. is low compression and high compression engine this is a low compression engine plus it's yeah, also okay. got a low first gear Yep. Um, when somehow also have high first gears as well mm. in speed wise. There's no low range or high range like the 35 would have. Um, the W4 is just straight five speed box with a reverse. Um, this is, it was originally crank start, so it's crank start with magneto side on it, but this has been converted to a button start. Yeah. Half the time you don't think you're you're not game enough to go near the handle with the magneto, so <laughs> you leave it alone. The handle there is just for a look half the time. Uh, yeah. It's not there to use it, but you use it if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the last resort sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So that one you've just got to relocate that one, and you can get started working on that one as well. I guess. So where, yeah. So where it's located now is when I was a student up at the uh, Catholic Gabriel Culture College up in Bindoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I inquired about the tractor when I was in year 10. That was about seven odd years ago or seven, eight years ago when I was there. And um, I inquired about the tractor when I was a student there. And I said, what's the reason of if they're going to sell it, make me as a first preference. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, it's not for sale because it was donated to this college by a farmer in Bindoon. Um, they just did a minor paint job work sort of thing tried to get it running again and what was running at the time they just smartened it up a little bit whilst it was there then they um then they decided okay we'll just put it in in the uh like their design and technology building as it was running and it was pumped up on all four tires sort of thing um then as i say got to a stage they needed to move it out so they moved it out and put it into the shed where it's sitting now and it's been sitting in the shed for last six years on its on its mm. side sort of thing like that as i say yep. all tires need to be replaced um they called me up two years ago and said are you interested in the tractor and then all i gotta do it oh yeah another odd idea smiling on my face sort of thing ring mum and dad up and say guess what guess what sort of thing this is what I, they've offered me the tractor and they said if they can hold it for a couple of months if they can they allow a couple of months so we can relocate it somewhere yeah. behind us with these ones here yeah. um and we'll go from there and they yeah you take take as long as you need well there you are yeah. taking two years to get it to get where <laughs> i need to be and we're ready to go just about so can't yeah. go give a couple more months and then we'll getting some parts located from the u.s and mm-hmm. the track was built in the u.s um, USA there so we've got to yep. get it from there and then once we get those bits then we're ready to bring it back to life yeah yeah it's a it's it's a really classic looking sort of tractor that one and um 
it, it, it is, I, I am amazed that it's actually almost, it's, you could almost argue it's 10 years older than your 35, but yeah, the, the build quality on that is, is quite, quite good for 1948. It's quite, we're just talking out of world war two here. So mm. it's, um, it is, it is amazing. It really is. Hey, Jake, look, while we got you, I'd, I'd like to move shift, shift a gear. We'll talk about your, your collection of stationary engines as well. Can you explain a little bit about the PT Cooper, the, she, the PT Cooper shearing plant? Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? So the PT Cooper, I given that uh, worked out to be seven years ago mm-hmm. uh, when I was a student at the Ag- Agriculture College and been doing there. Yep. Um, in 2013, um, the farm manager gave me the engine as the engine sits by itself without without the motor on it sort of thing. Um, he didn't have a fuel line or anything like that. He thought, he goes, I said to him, I'm a member of the Machinery Preservation Club. I was a, joined as a new member and he goes, oh, okay, no worries. He goes, oh, I've got this little motor in the shed that I can give you. So he gave me that little motor and he said, see what you can make up of what what it goes and what it runs and what it used to do. Mm. But then slowly, slowly, as you join through members there and members know what they know sort of thing. And they said, okay, that used to run on a shearing plant or it used to be a Cooper shearing plant. The motor used to run. See, so slowly, slowly we built up the shearing plant to how it sits now on a, what they call a Cooper small flock shearing plant. So single stand, the motor will run with the belt drive from motor to the to the handpiece and then when the shearer needs to grind his combs and toughen his cutters there he'll take the blade off the drive and put it onto the grinder there and run the grinder pulley and mm. just like a mobile shearing plant sort of thing they can yeah. take it around anywhere with them or they've only got small head of sheep or something like that it's an ideal unit for it before they yeah. came, they had the Coopers and then they also came into Listers. So the PT Cooper, um, they did a PT and they did an RV. So it's currently sitting on an RV fuel tank, which yeah. is what underneath the motor. And then the PT is, as I say, it's got to sit on an RV tank to be mounted to the small pot shearing plant stand. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as I say, this one here has got the fuel tank on the PT, has got the tank above. Sort of yeah. Um, Let's just have a listen of that starting up now, and uh, we got you've, you've been kind enough to do some video footage for us. So let's just have a listen to that here. So you look, it's amazing, Jake. I mean, you obviously have a passion for that sort of stuff as well. And the, the collection just keeps growing. And it's great to see young guys like yourself with, with a passion in this sort of, in this sort of stuff. Before we finish up, one thing we forgot to do when we were talking about the 35, is some video footage of that as well. So let's just, let's just have a look at that here. You starting that up as well.
So, Jake, tell me a little bit about when you're starting up the track. It's not as if you just go out there and crank it over and, and away you go. There's a little bit of preparation you need to do. Can you explain a little bit about the preparation as well? Yeah. Because I know when you shot that video, you had to you had to um, do a little bit of preparation. Can you tell us a bit yeah. about that? Also, before before the video was shot or before we started the video, we actually had to, with this one here as well, it's got a fuel tap on the fuel bowl sort of thing. So you have to turn the fuel on as the old-fashioned way. Turn the fuel on, turn the fuel off, mm-hmm. as I say, or it'll just keep feeding, keep feeding, and you'll come out the next day and where's all your fuel going sort of thing. It's all about yeah. the carburetor. Yeah. So, as I say, that was one part we didn't video was, as I say, in the fuel on so put the fuel on a couple of turns um hop on the tractor there as i say you got your set your hand throttle halfway um it's got a choke on the left hand or right hand side of the uh steering column down below near the gear levers there so you pull that out and it's got key start or you can crank start it so Mm. i have crank started it before when the battery was not the best um but it still had enough there to crank start it um Within two cycles of the of the engine, there sort of thing, it will start yeah. straight away. So yeah, okay, it's incredible. It really is. I, I love it. I mean, we used to have one as well. I don't. I don't remember what year ours was, or if it was actually a um a Benelline version. To be honest, I I don't recall. I don't. I it was a it was a grey that had been painted red as well. Sorry, no, I think ours was a red one. It was a genuine red. So I don't know what, what year it was from, but they, they, I think every market garden back in the day had one or, you know, yeah. had, had they will flown about, but they, they're getting hard to get now. You don't see them as often. So there is a lot of massive Ferguson's or 35s or a Fergie's T 20s, TA 20s. Um, they're all, as I say, Swan Valley, things like that as well. So mm. your TE, so TE's Tractor England. Yep. TE's Ferguson England is what the letters stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got your like TEA 20, so Tractor England Australia. So they all had their little perks on what their letters stand for in a way of us 20 years, but near the horsepower of what the machine is. So... There's a ha- still a small handful around, but you you still don't yeah you, they're still hard to find in a way. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, look, Jake, look, tell us a little bit about um, before we finish up. Tell us a little bit about where we can find information about the Bus Preservation Society, and also you're part of this an agricultural uh, club as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you're down at the Royal Show every year. Yep. spruiking all the the tractors and and also yep. the steam we, we haven't mentioned your, your your interest in steam engines i've seen you at the 2j show rolling up there with you know some pretty serious looking steam equipment tell it just briefly tell us a little bit about that as well so the steam tractor is a 1904 clayton and shuttleworth uh traction engine so steam traction engine or steam tractor as you could call it Yep. Uh, wood-fired with water steam boiler, so tube uh, with fire tubes, so heat runs through the tubes and out the chimney with water around them. Uh, it's a six-nominal horsepower engine, so single-cylinder engine with, as a class, zero RPM with max torque, so plenty of pulling power. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular tractor also had a nine-ton cable winch on the side of the left-hand wheel. Yep. So, for example, we did winching demonstrations with a... 75 horsepower 
Farmall JX75 KSIH tractor from Wanneroo Agriculture Machine that was mm-hmm. proudly supplied last year. And we did winching demonstrations of the 1904 steam traction engine. And we winched the cable out and we pulled the brand new tractor up with the brakes dragging and things like that. And you can really hear what steam power really has to show. And you got mm-hmm. crowds of people. We run portable engines, so like a stationary engine, but it, as I say, it's what they call a portable engine. That's also a, uh, it's a Ruston Proctor. Um, yep. That's an 1904 steam traction engine. That's also owned by the Royal Ag Society of Western Australia. They own that traction engine at the moment. Um, with my part of the show or the Perth Royal Show is I run in the Heritage Hall. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the youngest member out of all the retirees that are normally there that run the Heritage Hall side of it. Yep. Um, dress up in the old gear with your top hat on top cap sort of thing you got your overalls your hands are black from all the oil or feeding the fire all this sort of thing and it's just a passion it's like a passion you have then come 1 30 when they say oh we're looking for tractor drivers or the tractor parade well there i am hopping in the tractor going for a couple of laps of the main arena in an old chamberlain 9g or old W4 or W6 or big case or whatever. Mm. I said, give me anything, I'll drive anything. I'm not particular in any way. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. like the Tractor Museum. I'm a member there at the Tractor Museum of WA out of Whiteman Park. Mm. Every second Sunday, they'll have a tractor parade during the circumstances they don't. But yeah. when, when we can, I'll be out there again, hopping on a tractor seat, driving a tractor around. It's like mm. they've got every make and model there and, I'm not bothered on which tractor you're going to drive. I'll drive whatever's last. I'm not yeah. bothered if it's the biggest thing or it's the smallest thing. As long as it's something, we'll, we'll be right. So, yeah. No, no, then the bus, and then the Bus Preservation Society to locate where the buses are. They've also got a website of uh, bpswa.org mm. is the, is the uh, email uh, website address there. And then, as I say, it will give you selection of small range of collection, uh, upcoming events, uh, bus services we run whilst we're at Whiteman Park with a shuttle service or a historic bus experience. Um, plus it gives you a bit of history of buses within the collection, updated news, newsletters, things like that. All this. Oh, so. that, that really is quite an amazing collection of buses you have i must say that that really does that does blow me away because it just brings back so many great memories of going to school and i i just i really do enjoy looking at the buses and uh at at shannon's car show i thought that was just such a small collection of buses that you have i know in in your collection so we urge our listeners to get out there and and have to whiteman park and have when things get back to normal of course but I urge all of our listeners to get out there and have a look. And it's not just like, you know, we take buses for granted, but they do keep a lot of people in Western Australia and certainly in Perth, um, keeps them moving, keeps them getting to work. And um, without buses, I'd I'd hate to think where where Perth would be or any city really for that matter. I'd really hate for to think. Yeah. 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 Jake. I really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Um, I think it was awesome. Uh, I, I, um, 
Mate, as I said to as I said to you before, Thank you for having me. Nah, nah. It's the pleasure's been all mine because I really did. When when I was started pitching the stories from the garage idea to myself, because we don't have a we don't have a board of directors, um, I, I yeah. you were one of the first ones that came in my mind. And uh, as I said, we've spoken to the the uh, the idea is not just cars, but I mean, yeah, predominantly cars. And you know, yeah. we've spoken with a number of people, but you, yourself, I thought, just gave it a, a different view. What really happens in our garage, and what I really like spruiking is. You know, we're trying to get the young people away from Instagram, Facebook, off yeah. off devices and doing stuff like you're doing. And I think it's yeah. amazing. So it's a credit to you and your family. And I really appreciate your time. And I also want to thank your mum and your dad and your brother as well, because I know they're all part of the team. It's yeah. not just yourself. I know you're probably hands-on guy, but I know that... I'm, the, I'm the hands-on side. I, I'm the... They're the, they're the office side and they're the ones that financially make these things happen for me um, I, at the moment I, of time sort of yeah. thing. So. I know that I know they do and I know but I, I think they share your passion as well and that's what it's all yeah, about if, yeah. if they share the passion makes it easier for you and it makes it easier for everyone and if you share the passion and amongst the family I think that's a great thing beautiful thing so I'd like to pass on my thanks to them as well and um, yeah and uh, look yep thanks for your time and really appreciate it all right, Jake. No, no worries, mate. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.